Hey, what's going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of Legacy's Journey, where we talk about creating what outlives you. I'm your host, Cameron Williams, owner of Kelly Consulting, where we focus on strategic financial growth for marketing agencies so that they can live the dream life they deserve and not be a slave to their business through CFO services. So today's guest, I've been waiting on this one for a long time. I've seen her speak live and action. Y'all have heard us and seen some of the different things we've done of uh, shooting podcasts in Costa Rica, and she was there. Y'all, Kimberly Holmes in the building. She's here. Uh, so, no problem. Thank you for accepting because I know you're busy saving the world one marriage at a time. So, y'all, we're going to jump straight into it. Of course, can really tell people who you are, the name of the business, who you serve, how you help. And we're going to jump into it because I know you have a ton of great stuff to, to share with us. Well, I'm excited to have the conversation. Yes, I have the honor of being the CEO of a company called Marriage Helper. And our mission is to save marriages. And we're on a mission to save a million marriages. And that's just the starting point. So I work with a great team and we're able to fulfill an amazing mission. And I'm excited to talk to you and hopefully provide some insight and help for your listeners that they'll find valuable for their own relationships today. Yes. Okay. So let's go right there. You said you are trying to save marriages. So since a lot of times on our podcast, right, we're talking about, man, I'm doing great or I'm, I'm getting this momentum in the business. But a lot of times, like that's at the cost of something. And what I'm finding out is that's typically at the cost of family. So in your experience, because you said you're on track, to, your goal is to help a million. So that means at this point, you've done at least several thousands, if not tens of thousands, if not a hundred thousand. So like, what are some of those things that you see uh, people struggle? So that way, because to be honest, right, especially us as men, sometimes we're like, no, 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 we're good. Like I'm, I'm doing pretty good. So what would be a sign of like, if you're thinking this or saying this, or if your spouse is saying this, that may be a indicator that you're not as good as you. Yeah. Let's dive into that. So just to, to give a little bit more numbers around what you were saying, we did the did the analytics a couple of months ago, and in the past it, three years, we worked with over twenty five thousand people. Ooh. So we have been yes, like we are, we are set. Our eyes are straight like Flint ahead of us. We really have a mission that we that we want to save a million marriages, and we're getting the the friction, not the friction, the traction, the traction that we need to get there. But it's one of these things that you are talking about when you're running a business, when you're an entrepreneur, when you have a marketing agency, like probably many of your listeners do or any kind of business, then the business can become the center of our world, right? Yeah. And I know this as the CEO and as the owner of Marriage Helper, even though it started before me, I've really been in that entrepreneurial seat to help it grow. And what we begin to see, especially with men, where men can feel like they have the burden of the whole family on their shoulders at any time, but that can be true of anyone who's the primary breadwinner. It's just that the majority of the time it's the man, that it really does become where they place their worth, where they can place their value, where they're putting a lot of their focus on because in their mind, they're saying, this is going to be the way I show my family that I love them, that I care yes. and I'm providing. Yes. 
like uh, the tagline of your show, creating a legacy worth leaving, right? Like investing in that legacy. A lot of times we think of it in, is through what our business can create for us. Yes. But what begins to happen, as I'm sure you're aware with people you've experienced in your own life, Cameron, is that that begins to become what we replace spending time with our family with. And so we can do all of these things to provide for our family, but at the end of the day, what our spouse wants, what our kids want is us. And so when we begin to hear things from our spouses, when they start saying things like, hey, feel like you're spending too much time working. Hey, maybe you could take a break and have dinner with us each night a week. Hey, maybe you should take a couple weekends off. Those are things that entrepreneurs can hear or business owners can hear and think that it's just more pressure, right? Like I already am trying to make this business work. I have to spend time on my business. Why don't you just appreciate and accept that my my energy right now is going to growing the business? And it, it can become kind of a resistance point to us. But the reality of it is we can actually do much better at growing our business when we're able to take the time and devote it to our families, devote it to our spouse, because that's the support system that's actually going to give us the fuel that we need to invest in growing our business well. Man, I feel guilty already. Barely, this maybe this is going to end up being a counseling session. It's doing you're not alone. You're not alone. I was like, what oh, was she said that before? Oh, snap. <laughs> okay. All right. I, oh, man. Okay. So to your point, so when the wife or the spouse, because it could be the other way, when they're coming to you saying something like, hey, you know, ooh, why don't you come do lunch with us? Ooh, why don't you take a break to come do dinner? And because to be honest, I was there. I struggle. Yeah, I'm doing a lot better. Thank you, Lord. But how do you, to your point, how do you not feel the extra pressure? Because I know for me, at least, it's like, oh, man, if I take a break, am I going to be able to come back and keep working? Am I going to be able to get back in the zone? Oh, man, but I have to do these three, four, five other things. And I told myself I was going to do it today. And if not, then am I failing it? How do you or what would you suggest we do to overcome that so that we still honor our spouses? Mm -hmm. Let's talk through this because it's a great question. And I I have a couple of different ways that I'm thinking about it. And and again, like this is something that I've heard several people say to me in the past month or two. So this theme coming up is is something that many people are struggling with. And something to be transparent as well that I am still figuring out in my own life. So in right now in our home, I am the primary income provider. And uh, you mentioned being in Costa Rica. So I really had to um, like put my money where my mouth was in Costa Rica because there was one morning. So my typical schedule is I'll wake up like when I'm at home, I'll wake up, I'll do my workout. And then, you know, come back in, spend time with the kids before they go to school, when it when school's in season and all of that, uh, and then go to work and then come back home. I, I'm pretty good at disconnecting at night. But when we were in Costa Rica, I kept that same schedule. And after probably the third morning, my husband said to me, um, are you ever going to spend time with us? And I was like, I'm here working. I have to give a speech. Like, this is how I mentally get prepared for this. 
And I realized that for me and for a lot of people, that moment when the initial reaction is to become defensive is the moment where the other person is speaking some truth that you probably don't want to actually address. And so my husband and I, uh, after I got defensive, I calmed down and I said, you know what? You're right. Like, I am not being fully here and present. Let's talk about what this can look like. Let's talk about how I need to make sure that I have a clear head so that I'm able to, you know, give my presentation and connect with people. But I also don't want to not spend time with the family. I don't want my kids to wake up and always ask, where's mom and feel like she's never there. So let's talk. And so I believe that's a key here. And what I mean by that is the key is a lot of times, again, as entrepreneurs, like our job is to fix problems. Our job is to create plans, execute plans, fix problems, see success from it and repeat, right? And we tend to want to bring that into our relationships as well. When actually what's better for the relationship is that in the example of, you know, me and my husband being in Costa Rica and I was trying to keep my same normal schedule and he was feeling abandoned every morning like a single dad with the kids, then the better thing to do instead of me trying to come up with a solution and execute it is for us to have that conversation of, hey, let's put our expectations out there and understand like, here's what I what I need. Here's what you need. Now let's work together to compromise and meet in the middle. And it's the process of bringing your spouse into that, of hearing each other out, of understanding where the other person's coming from and allowing each of you to be the support to the other in maybe new ways to help both of you get what you need that actually not only helps the relationship, but it begins to help each of you realize this other person really is supportive of me. And maybe my worth and my value isn't just in my business going up and to the right. Maybe the the worth of, of what I'm doing is here in the moments of being able to be present with my with my wife, with my husband, with my kids, right? Like that's really where the the joy is and where the gold is of everything I'm doing. And because I feel more supported here. And they understand what I need and I understand what they need and we're helping each other to to get those needs met, then I'll be able to produce better in the time that I do a lot to my business because it's coming from a place of support and love and not feeling like I'm having to produce in order to be supported and loved. That was a long answer with a lot of rambling Cameron. So I hope any of that made sense. No, I'm literally I like I got a note sheet now, so I'm just writing notes. Because what I got from that is you say at first, like, don't be defensive, acknowledge what they're saying first. Yeah. And then instead of trying to solve the problem, try to think of it more as, okay, what's the compromise? What's the middle ground we can meet at? Because I know for me, a lot of times it's like, no, it's not like that. It's not like that, which you would probably say is not acknowledging our feelings. Right. And then you're trying to solve like, well, I'll just do this, this, and that problem solve versus okay, trying to come to that meeting of the mind. So I think it was a great answer personally because I've been there as well. Like I literally, just before we got on this call, uh, for us, conference season is coming where it's a lot of marketing conferences. And of course, I always want to try to bring the family when I can, but I just found out for this big one, which is Funnel Hacking Live, my buddy's like, hey, this isn't like this other one you went to, even though it's at the same location. 
it's going to be back-to-back, nonstop. Like, don't even try to think about taking a bathroom break. And immediately, my mind went to like, uh-oh, that means I'm not going to be able to go back and check on, you know, Ari during the conference, or I can't come for an hour or two and help with the kids. So how would that make her feel? So I was like, let me immediately stop and say, hey, I just found this information out. I know you wanted to come, but I may not be as available as you would like. How do you want to play it? So this, as you said, is a constant or consistently growing area. And I think it changes so much just depending on the day and the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I agree wholeheartedly. And at the risk of it sounding just very cliche, communication is important. I'm not I wouldn't go far as far as to say that communication is the key to a great relationship. I believe it's a very important part of it. But more specifically, what I mean when I say that is communication about our expectations, communication about our core needs, communications about the what what we intend to happen or what we hope will happen, right? Not just the communication of the facts, but also the communication of the feelings. And allowing your spouse to be able to do the same back to you. That's where communication begins to really give the foundation needed to understand each other so that you can connect and, and a lot of other things that happen from there. But when when I try and solve a problem, like if my if my in the example I gave, my husband says, like, hey, I want you to be here when when we wake up so that we can spend time together. I could try and solve that problem a million different ways. But yeah. he might actually have, none of those ways might actually meet the need he has. And unless I'm really understanding why is that important to you? What is it you're trying to get from that? And we can connect there. I might do a bunch of things that end up making it worse, thinking that I'm solving it, and then just feel more frustrated, more frustrated, more frustrated. Yes. You can never connect it on the core issue. Correct. We didn't address the core issue. And I think to your point, like you said, you you just try to solve it. And I'm, I can come up with, like you said, a million different solutions. But if I didn't even understand or hear you correctly, then I'm not even addressing the real thing. That's yeah. It's hit different when you when you gone through learning, growing through it. Okay, that oh man. All right, so let's keep going. Learning though, Cameron, we keep. <laughs> This is no marriage is ever going to be perfect. No relationship is not going to have is ever just not going to have its hurdles. Right. And so just how can we be better tomorrow than we were today and showing up and in being there for our spouse? And you do it through trial and error and you try not to have more errors than than you do positive trial. Yes, please. More wins than losses. That's right. More wins than losses. Yes. Okay. So in the in the effort of constantly growing and learning, what is what would you suggest is a tip or two that we could use to kind of get us to that core issue faster? Because I know sometimes I don't necessarily know the right thing to say, but I know I'm not supposed to solve. Mm, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a bit of a loaded question because it depends on the health of your relationship as to how quick you can get to what those core issues are. So I'll give you a couple of examples of that. If you have a marriage where they they don't 
communicate well. So you're whenever they do try and express their needs to each other, the other person meets them with defensiveness or with contempt or with criticism, oh, just constantly yeah, yeah. planning. You shouldn't feel that way. Why do you feel that way? Get over it. Figure it out. Right. So if I had said to Rob in Costa Rica, like, this is my this is what I do. You're going to have to figure the rest of it out. Like, I'm here for a reason. I'm here for a purpose. You can figure out the rest of the morning because I need to do this. That would completely shut him down. Sure. He is not going to feel great about me. Uh, one of the ways that we say it at Marriage Helper is that the key to a healthy relationship is to evoke emotions within other people that they enjoy feeling. So if I'm not... Wait, wait, wait. You got to say that again. Yeah, okay. Say that again. One of the keys is to... Evoke emotions within other people that they enjoy feeling. And this isn't based on my intention, but on their perception. So if I said that to my husband, of course, like, you know, figure it out. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. Is that evoking an emotion within him that he enjoys feeling? No, that's a hard thing right there. Right. Like you're not, li he would probably feel unheard, disrespected, unliked, unloved, several different things. But I could say, well, hey, like my, I didn't intend for you to feel that way, but it doesn't matter what my intention was. It matters yes. what his perception was. And until I take that seriously and actually begin to change my behavior based on how he feels, not how I intended him to feel, but on how he feels, we're going to keep going in that downward spiral and evoking negative emotions within each other. So evoking emotions within the other person that they don't enjoy feeling, which in, in marriage helper we call a push behavior because it's something that pushes the other person away. Whereas these emotions that evoke positive or these behaviors that evoke positive emotions are these pull behaviors. When we do them, it pulls the other person towards us because they want to be around us. So then, okay, wait, it doesn't matter my intention. It matters how they feel. But what if the feeling, and this is probably why I get in trouble, so I'm going to preface that. But what if you feel like their feeling is incorrect or wrong from the perspective of, like, I wasn't even trying to take it there. So the fact that you're feeling that, you know, that's on you. You took it there. Or you allowed something to play in your mind to, for you to get that offended or deep because that wasn't even my intention. I wasn't even trying to disrespect or be disappointing to you. Sure. Like they took it to a next level. And so, and a lot of that is going to occur. So I'm going to answer that, but I'm going to give a little bit of why that tends to happen. A lot of that is going to happen based on previous experiences. So people tend to rise to a level of, of anger or offense or some of those negative emotions based on previous experiences that they've had that have been very hurtful to them and sometimes traumatic to them. So people might have a reaction to something that is way above and beyond what a, an observer would say is called for in the circumstance, but it's a little bit of a light bulb moment to say, hey, like there's there there is something deeper under that. And so right. let's explore what's deeper under that that's leading these this storyline. Yeah, yeah. storyline in their mind to to be that way. So an example of that could be um, so as a woman and as a woman living in the South, and you're probably aware of this, 
uh, and I, I wonder if this has ever happened to your wife and she said anything about it. But one of the things that grates on my nerves is when people who don't know me call me things like honey or sweetie or something like that, especially if it's like an older man, not like a grandfather, but like, a you know, always call it her. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, um, I don't appreciate that, right? Like, it's not, that's, I would rather you just address me by my name or, or whatever. And, and so someone could look at me and say, and so if, and, or the other one that I'll say here is um, when men in public, like random times, like checking out at the grocery store or whatever, and they'll say, you should smile. And I'm like, why are you saying that to me? Right. And so oh, that's a good one. She gets so upset because she's like, what are you trying and see what else be in, you know, African American? There's a whole lot. Like there's a whole other. Yeah. To say, I'm right. angry. What I can't have a bad moment. What if I was just thinking? And I'm right. Oh, what if this is my face? <laughs> this is just right. my resting face. Right. Why do you need me to smile for you? Right. And so so some people could look at that and say, but my intention wasn't to like I didn't intend. I just wanted you to smile or I just wanted you to, you know, my intention wasn't to make you feel disrespected or feel weird. Therefore, you should feel OK with it. And I'm sure I mean, since you just brought it up, like as an African-American and especially living in the South, you probably experienced this to a level I would never even be able to comprehend. Yes. Right. And so like the way that you've probably felt over the past several years when people say, well, I didn't mean for that to hurt you. Therefore, you shouldn't be offended by it. You know more than anyone like, but I was and it hurt. And I understand that you don't understand why it hurt. But the fact that you're not even accepting the fact that it did hurt me or even just apologizing for it or wanting to understand more makes it worse. It makes it worse because it feels like the person is unwilling to try and connect with you as another human being and really have empathy towards you and your situation. And that's the key here. When we refuse to see how our actions are hurting another person, it tears away empathy, which tears away connection, which tears away feeling accepted by the other person and it tears away the foundation of a strong relationship. Talk to me, Cameron. <laughs> you know, when you've made these mistakes, <laughs> you're like, let's see, I can, I definitely, because we just had a conversation was that last, so like four days ago, last Saturday, and she was saying some of those things just from a just a woman perspective of like, hey, it may be hard for you to understand how these certain responsibilities fall. So to you, it may seem crazy or just so weird, but like I can go talk to another mom and she's going to understand exactly what I mean or how I feel. And it was so challenging to not, to make sure I wasn't minimizing those things, mm -hmm. to try to make sure she felt heard, but then to also let her know like, but hey, I still value you. I still appreciate you. I'm just concerned. And it's so, it, I learned it takes a lot of humility and willingness to not be so, I used to be so focused on, but I'm right. Mm -hmm. And I learned real early that when you marry, it's not about being right. 
you know, it's about having that peace and being on the same page. So I'm just shaking my head because I've been there with you. It's very wise. Yeah. Well, and a lot of people have not just been there, but probably are there right now. And I, I want to address the other side of it too, which is it also isn't feasible to spend hours upon hours every single day to dive into every intricate feeling and, and right. Yeah. Like we have to find a balance between the two. Yeah. And so one of the way, and so your original question was like, what are some tips of how you can get to what the core issue is? And I said, well, it depends on this, the relationship and the health of the relationship, because if right. you don't have this, this communication cycle for lack of a better word to come from, then you're going to continue to fight about not feeling heard not feeling accepted, not feeling liked by the other person, and you're not even going to be able to get to the core issue as deeply. So one of the ways, if you're stuck in this negative communication cycle, is to ask a question along the lines of, I like after you've asked, you know, how is that making you feel? And you feel like you have some understanding of, of, of what they're feeling. Then the next question would be, so what is it that, you, that needs to happen? for you to feel loved and accepted and seen in this capacity, in this situation. Like, what is the action or behavior? What's the outcome that you're needing for, for things to be better? And then that gives you a starting point of where to begin to compromise to help make that happen. Because sometimes someone might say something like, I need to go on a week-long cruise with me and alone right like you take you take the kids for a week I need to go and be completely by myself and we might say okay like I understand the heart behind that but that's not practical right now for some <laughs> right so let's let's talk about the core issue under that like and you might have to do some digging like but why that what what's the real thing and it may come down to something you're able to actually begin to compromise on which looks like you know, I need some time, and I'm speaking from what a stay-at-home mom might say. Uh, like, I need some time that's just for me during the week because I am overwhelmed during during the week as I'm trying to support you running the business. Let's work on trying to find a way to make that happen. And then that's where you begin to compromise. So you begin to look at what both of you can do and how you can both be flexible in making that happen, but because you're working on trying to get that to happen together, number one, you're both bought into it. And as leaders, we know like that's a key part of something happening. You got to get people to buy into it and they need to be a part of the right. world. And then number two, like you've just shown your, your marriage that you can work through hard things. So the next time a hard thing comes up, you have a baseline of how you can work through it again. And it gives you something to build on top of that because that that was another thing it was like you know talking about threshold like hey i'm doing my part i'm supporting you i try to be available i know you have to be on the calls and things like that so i realize i have to take the kids but hey i do have a threshold yeah i need you to recognize the fact that i have a threshold and that's not to diminish any threshold you may have as a provider but i like you said it's so challenging trying to figure out like what is practical that still honors you? Because like in your case, I can't even imagine if she said, I need a one week cruise vacation. No kids, nobody. It'd be like, 
you wouldn't have any idea. So, yeah, but okay, like how you said that, at least you know, okay, really, you're trying to say you need time. How do we work backwards to find something that's reasonable, that's honoring, that makes you feel loved and appreciated mm-hmm. without making you feel slighted, et cetera? So, that's it. That is the and I like the way you said it too. I like how you said, this is my threshold and it's not in any way trying to diminish your threshold. Like we both have needs and we're not trying to take the other person's needs from them. We're trying to figure out how we can both get those needs met, realizing flexibility has to happen in the middle. So there might be some compromise in different seasons or you know, whether it's the amount of time that you do get to yourself as an example or whatever during different seasons of life. But if you still realize what each person's core needs are and you're both willing to try and make that happen, it just further builds trust in the relationship. Do you have like suggested things to offer? Because like, if they're like me and not a creative, see, I'd be like, oh, well, maybe she'd want to go to the spa, for example. But that may not be to the same degree that she's talking about. Like, would you suggest maybe like a solo trip for her overnight at a hotel somewhere? Or do you think there are boundaries or limits or try not to set it that? Like, what would you suggest for something? And I know everybody's different, different preferences. But just in the general sense... I would look at these three, four, five things as good starting points to maybe help the spouse meet that. Mm. Well, honestly, Cameron, the first thing I would that I would say is ask the other person, what is it you would like? Like, let's talk about. Oh, break. That's what the, I'm going to be my wife. Like she was saying a break. A break. I'd be like, well, what does that mean? What would she say if you asked that? She would say, I mean, I just feel like I'm in my threshold. I'm in my max. And I just need some time to myself to like recharge. Well, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just know I need time to myself so I can get myself together because I need to be the best version of me to be able to serve everybody else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if someone is struggling with specifics, like here's what I need, not just the the theory of what I need, but like, this is the specific thing, the behavior that I need to happen or the thing that I need to happen for me, then, yeah, I mean, maybe I believe it would be appropriate to start with some suggestions as questions like, okay, so I want to help you do this. And I think that if, because you said this earlier, men, you said this and someone said this yesterday. And so I might be blending the two things you said, but Uh, men like to come in and try and problem solve. And that can irritate women at times because we just love men. And so a good way to preface that is, hey, like, can I, is it okay if now I present some options and ideas or do you just want to keep venting? Because I do want to help you, like, I do want to help Earth make this happen. But if what you're needing right now is just a, a listening ear, then I'm all ears and I'm here for you. So kind of ask for permission. But once you ask for that permission, she's like, yeah, let's talk about what we could look like. Okay, great. Um, 
is this something you need on like does this look like something you'd want every day do you need an hour a day to go do something or like an afternoon every weekend or are you wanting like a whole weekend every quarter what do you think would really help you to recharge or at least where could we start and then just I mean the the gold is in the conversation that's why it's hard for me to give you like here's what you should do I mean do I think that a, that a woman would typically turn down a day at the spa no is it pretty much a good idea to do if you have the ability to yeah I think it would be a nice gesture for sure but I also wouldn't expect that to fix the problem because really the problem is is only truly going to be quote-unquote fixed through the understanding that happens within the conversation and finding a more sustainable plan moving forward oh my gosh uh, and see, I feel like, and I'm, I'm going to just take a leap of faith and say I'm speaking for other guys. See, we think, okay, you know, I paid for you to go to the spa for three hours. I'm thinking that that fixes it. And to your point, that didn't fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it didn't. But I really be like, why are you upset? You just went to the spa. Like, I thought we were doing I thought we were good. What happened? Yeah, I mean, so I, marriage is different than, you know, our our companies. But I'm going to give an example that I believe everyone listening to this would understand because we're, a lot of people are typically better run at running their companies than, than not running their marriage, but they're their marriage. But if you have an overwhelmed and burnt out employee or team member, like you may do something nice for them as a way to show appreciation. But there's a deeper systemic issue as to why they're burnt out and overwhelmed or as to why they're unhappy or whatever the issue is. And so. Oh, no. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, There will be a deeper. Right. Because if I just give you a gift card, I didn't really solve the issue of burnout. That's right. Because if they have way too. So I have a team member right now who is way overworked. I mean, she's wearing probably four full time hats. And just worked 18 days in a row. And we had a conversation yesterday of this can't keep happening. Like, I appreciate you and I love you and I, I support, you know, you and in and the future that you want to have at, at the company. But you have got to delegate. Like, we have got to get stuff off your plate. So I could send her to the spa and it would be, you know, whatever. But when she comes back on Monday, she's still going to have 80 to 100 hours of work to do. It didn't fix the problem. So until we actually create a system to help fix the problem, she'll never work out, work herself out of that burnout. And so take a similar mindset with a different heart set into your marriage. So the mindset is still like, how can I help you in your God-given ability, God-given capacity in my role as your husband or as your wife? Like, what can I do to be your support system and help you? But the heart set is different because we're equals here, right? Like we we work together. We are here to support each other. So how can we work together to fix this issue and find a better a better path moving forward? And it doesn't just have to be from the stay-at-home mom who's overwhelmed. I mean, this is just as applicable for the stay-at-home mom and how she's going to approach her husband that she feels works too much or just as applicable for the couple who feels like they don't understand or know each other anymore because they haven't 
really done life together in several years because the kids are tearing them apart or because work is tearing them apart and they're living two separate parallel lives and they don't really know the other person that they're sleeping in bed beside. These, these same principles apply on how you can begin to foster conversation and, and, have, and figure out a solution to make it better. Okay, so now you brought up the kids, so we got to go there. So it took me a while to learn or fully understand that family time is not the same as boo time. I used to get like, oh, we actually say, oh, we have the one on a date. And I'm like, you know, we all just went to the movie. She's like, not, I, 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 no, sir. That was a family day. Yeah. Family time. That's not the same as me and you solo get okay. super fancy and going out as adults time so how does that how do you feel like i don't know if you want to say we can incorporate our kids just into that overall flow or what do you think may be the best way to balance that because like you saw it at costa rica like plenty of people buy their kids yeah um so how do we make it to what everybody including the kids now feel happy heard honored etc the first thing that I'm going to say in regards to this is that the best thing that kids can see inside of their family is a strong marriage. So you yeah. have to, and I'm not saying you, Cameron, specifically. I know. It's okay. Literally you. The, the men here. It's okay. We, we have to really invest in our marriage first and the kids come second. Now, that doesn't mean the kids aren't important because, of course, they are. Like, we love our kids and we want to do what's best for our kids. It's why we do a lot of the things we do in our business and in many things in life. But when we neglect that marriage relationship, it's actually hurting the strength of the family, which is going to flow down to the kids. So all of that to say, I would start with the marriage. So start first with when are the date nights? What are we going to do on the date nights? Let's make sure that we find a rhythm and a volume and a cadence that works well for us. And maybe that's every week. Maybe it's every other week. Maybe whatever it is for each person. The, the, it's not necessarily as much in the how often you do date nights as much as it's in do you and your spouse feel intimate and connected and like you're getting enough alone time. And that's going to be different for every couple depending on everything. And then from there, it would flow into, all right, now, how can we make sure that we are including the kids in our, our, ta in our time, our family time, our quantity time? You, one of the things that we know from the research that's been done on strong families is that it's not just about quality time that kids have with their parents. It's also about quantity time. The more time that kids have with their parents the stronger the family unit is. So the pancake, you were saying this, I think before we started, or uh, yeah, before you started, you were telling me about how your family does pancake day every Saturday. Yes. And I love that. Because another part of what makes strong families strong is to have rituals to look forward to. And that's something that keeps families coming back together, even when circumstances in life are difficult. So no matter what's happening for you and your family, you know, as long as you're not in Costa Rica, you're having those pancake days. And so when school is hard for the kids one day or whatever it might be, at least they in their mind can think, 
but I know I'm going to have this, this time that I get to come back to and just kind of reset and be with people who love me on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis, whatever that is. And so I love how that's something that you've incorporated because rituals are so important for strong families. Yeah, and I think we did it by accident, but to your point, like even Fridays now, oh, daddy, do we have fruit for the pancakes tomorrow? Do you know what we're going to put in? We may need to stop by the store. So I found that does help. Um, what are some of your favorite things that you do with your family that you would say that you guys look forward to? So we have... Um... Mine are a bit more macro than yours. So what I mean by that is like, I, when you said that, I thought we don't have something we do on a weekly basis. We have more of like things that happen in life and we celebrate. So I'm thinking about one of the rituals I had growing up every first day of school, my dad would take me and when he would take me to Starbucks or if I was younger, like McDonald's or something first, and I would get like breakfast that day. And it was always such a big deal because my dad was the, he traveled a lot. He was the primary income provider. And so for him to take me to school was a big deal. So my kids are starting school on Friday. And so I'm taking them to school that day. When I pick them up, like we're doing ice cream, um, we're starting to do a family movie night every Friday, but also with like sleeping, like a like making a tent and <laughs> sleeping down in the thing. So uh, we're, we're still seeing how the kids are liking that, but um, that's something that they've started enjoying and we like pick a movie and have popcorn and pizza and things like that. But then we also try and do trips. So one of the things that you'll begin to see is most families have rituals that are based on rituals that they grew up with. So for me growing up, because my dad did travel a lot and didn't all to take us with him, then we would... Um, like when he could take us with us that or could take us with him that was a big deal and so what i grew to love was traveling with my parents and so my husband and i now have made that our goal of like every year we're going to do a really big trip with the kids so this year it was costa rica and so we stayed there for two weeks but then like at um fall and winter springtime so for their their fall break and for their spring break we always go somewhere together as a family and we try and do something fun there. And then every February 6th, we have our family anniversary because both of my kids are adopted and they, they're siblings. So they were adopted together. And the day we became a family was February 6th. And so every we go and we do something fun as a family. Um, so like we did Disney World one year. We did Chattanooga one year. Um, so we just try and go and do something. So for us, it's more just because of like our how we grew up and things like that it's more experience based but we need to have more of the like pancake day on saturday and they just steal that one cameron because i really like you just steal that one another one that i messed around and created was mo's on sundays mo's uh, the, the, the mexican place yeah because what what happened is so we tried to start this vegan thing in January. So one of the few places that I knew I could get something that was already ready to go and good was Moe's. So I found out that Sundays kids eat free. So we would go and I get my food and then they like theirs. So literally the minute we get out of church, you get in the car. All right, daddy. So we ready to go to Moe's. I'm like, we haven't even pulled out the church parking lot. <laughs> I just, I'm just saying that it's so, it's so good. It's so young. It's just so tasty. And now they're trying to rank the different modes. Like they know there's one by the house. There's one by the church. Oh, we like the one by the house. 
I'm just like, what did I start? But to your point, I think it's that creation. And I mean, we do things like Saturday's family cleanup day. Yeah. So I'm really trying to drill in them like, let's get up, knock out the cleaning for the week. Maybe we slack, got tired. Let's do that first. By the time we finish that, we hit pancake day, then it's kind of free time. So I do like how you said it can be something different, but it's just the the ability to do it. Now, what I didn't know that she said, I thought it was quality that matter. I didn't know it's quality and quantity. And quantity. Yes. And quantity. Because if you think about it, I mean, so many people could could do the whole, well, I'm going to work six days a week, but if I just have three good quality time hours on Sunday with the kids, then I get to check my box and, you know, I can move forward. And that's just not the case. It's also being able to sit down for a family meal together in the evenings, asking your kids and yourself, how was your day? Like, what's going on with your life? It's the consistent presence of the parents in the kid's life throughout a week, a month, a year that led to a strong family more than just how great the quality was two to three hours a week. I can probably improve on that. I don't know. Pancake day is pretty good. Cleanup time, pancake day. And also don't forget, I mean, the rituals of just bedtime, if there's a specific bedtime. Oh, okay, okay. Bedtime, family prayer, bedtime. Church is a ritual. Church. Sometimes they go to the gym with me. Like they went, yet they were daddy, can we go with you to the gym? I'm like, sure, come on. But I'll take me on the bed. See, don't you're listen, you're probably being too hard on yourself. Normal for me. Right. Exactly. Like you're a type A person, you're an entrepreneur, business owner. But the the other part of it is like I heard someone on Instagram say this yesterday. If there's an area that you feel frustrated about in your life, it's probably because you have higher expectations of yourself than other people do of themselves. So this is actually like, let's reframe it for a minute to you're not doing a bad job, Cameron. You just care a lot. And this is your way of like wanting to make sure that you're being the best that you can. Is there always room for improvement? Sure. But are you failing because you feel frustrated? Absolutely not. You feeling frustrated is actually a sign that you're actually doing a lot of things right. Yeah, and I guess that's why I like the marriage questions because I'm just like, I want to be the best husband possible, especially like in my family, like there's a lot of divorce. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people have been married two, three times and I'm like, I don't want to come anywhere close to that. So I don't care. I want to do what I have to do to ensure that I'm putting my best foot forward to make this thing work. But okay. All right, last two questions, and these are two of our, for whatever reason, most popular ones. So first question, what are two or three things that you would say contribute to your success being a mom, business owner, and happy wife? (laughs) Or maybe we should just keep it the business, because that... (laughs) You were like, oh. (laughs) This is a loaded question. Um... No, I have, an a- I have an answer for that. So I'm going to answer three. I have three. Okay. So the first one I would say is my mother has been an amazing example to me. She's never been a businesswoman. Like she is nothing like me in the sense of entrepreneurial minded or anything like that. 
but she has been such a picture in my life of a godly woman who loves other people and serves them well. And she, I just, I know she's my biggest supporter. I know she's my biggest fan. And it's not even like we, you know, we're talking all the time every day, but when I'm down in the dumps, like she's one of the people I call. Um, and I just always know she's going to have that voice of, of comfort to help me move forward. And a lot of times in life, I've, I'll, let me say this, growing up, my mom and I, uh, I was a brat. Like I was a very, I was the kid that if I would throw like temper tantrums when I didn't get my way, I was a, such a spoiled brat. I was terrible. And my mom and I did not have a good relationship until I became, you know, 17, 18 years old. And um, I just realized, man, like being a mom and going through everything she's been through, what I, I gave her such grief. And like now she's one of my best friends, 100%. So I would say my mom, but not just my mom, like I'll put this category as in relationships in general. Like when I began to... Uh, allow my husband to be my sounding board um so for the first several years of being an entrepreneur i just wanted to like muster everything myself and try and show everyone i could do it without anyone's help yeah, you know and when i finally realized that my husband's actually a really amazing sounding board and has a lot of great insight into things and ways to think about it that i'm not thinking about he's become one of my most trusted advisors including how I'm wrong in situations. And he's one of the only people who can truly see that because I process everything I'm thinking and feeling to him, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So he's, I've given him the permission to, to call me out, right? So relationships in general, I would say is, is the first one I'll mention. The second one that I would say has led to me being able to do what I do is I really am kind of anal about my morning habit so I'm really wanting to fill myself with scripture with prayer like with positive things first thing in the morning yeah. and then get my mind right for the rest of the day so that I can show up for the people that are needing me and expecting me to lead them Same. whether that's been with my kids or at work on yeah. a day-to-day -day basis um, so my morning habit is is also crucial to me and then my third one is, I'm going to be real, one I actually wish I could say. And it so this is not one that I'm saying has led me to be successful. It's the one I want to work on. And it's okay. my biggest weakness uh -oh. is being a person of prayer. I am just... You were praying into a scripture. I'm doing scripture. I'm not... I didn't say pray. I said I'm filling myself with scripture and good things. But so, like, I am historically terrible at remembering to pray. I will vent about it. I will complain about it. I will cry about it. I will tell my husband about it. And then after all of that, I'll be like, oh, maybe I should pray about it. <laughs> That's, fair. That's fair. Those are great answers. All right. Last question. What would you tell your high school self or college self? So you've gone through what you've gone through. You have this wealth of knowledge. Of course, still learning and growing. So if you can look back to either 18-year-old Kimberly or 22, 23-year-old version, you would look back and encourage her by saying what? Hmm. Your worth is not in what you do. Oh. Uh, 
Well, um, I don't think you can say it better than that. All right. Well, I know you're busy. You got to go keep saving the world, but I am so thankful that you came here. I, we may have to talk about getting you back for a part two. Uh, tell the people, of course, how they can get in touch with you. Maybe they heard some of your tips, the things you shared in our life and are saying to themselves, I need to reach out to them. I need people like that in my corner to help me because maybe their marriage is struggling or maybe they're still trying to figure a lot of these things out. So tell them like how they can connect with you, where they can go to find more information about you. This is your time to say every single thing you want to. You can find out more about how we help save marriages by going to marriagehelper.com. We also have a really amazing YouTube channel. We have great content there that our team has put together that you can go and find as well. And if you want more about how I talk about personal development and health and how to be the best you that you can be so you can show up better in all of your relationships, I also have a podcast and it's called It Starts With Attraction that you can find wherever you're listening to Cameron's podcast. Wait, wait, wait. I didn't know. Okay. Hold up. I'm about to find, y'all, I'm about to find these right now. Okay. So say it again. His name, the what podcast? It starts with attraction. So that comes from, we have a four-step process we talk about with falling in love called the love path. And the first step is attraction. And so we believe that in order to be your best self and to be your best self in relationships, it really starts with you and the four parts of attraction, which are physical, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual. I just want to say I found it. We go there. Okay, so on the YouTube channel, because you said you have one, and I think that would be an awesome place for them to start. Yes, youtube.com slash marriage helper for all of your marriage and relationship tips and help. All right, marriage up. And it has, this is it right here with the heart. I don't know if y'all can see this. The heart. All right, bam, there we go right there. Okay. Well, I don't know about y'all, but I got a ton from this. I literally have notes. Like I'm about to do this a lot. Thank you so much. Um, I would love to have you back. We'll talk about that off air, but thank you so much. I think this was super helpful, super practical. I think you really just helped. I'll just speak for myself to really see through that next thing because we can only see a lot of times our side of the story. So thank you so, so much for coming. Um, man. Yeah, we're going to do a part two. I don't know when, but we're going to do it. So, y'all, hopefully y'all love this episode. Please like it, share it. Most importantly, share it with somebody who you think may need it or could benefit. If they're a stay-at-home mom or if they are a woman entrepreneur or even if it's one of your buddies, if you're a guy and you're like, dude, I know we talked about this. Here's something that I think can better put in words what I was trying to share. Please, please, please share this. We got to help her get to her million, her million goal. You know, she, she glad I kicked up these marriages. So with all that being said, we're going to let Kimberly go. Thank you so much for coming. Guys, thank you so much. And until next time, you guys stay blessed and take care of yourselves. Peace. Stop.